0: Welcome back again to the Lazy Frog Podcast, where we discuss all things very specific to my college courses. I'm your host, Julia Jem, and today we're going to discuss everything and anything related to feral cats in this four-part series, The Feline Dilemma. You're now tuned into the second episode, Cruel vs. Crueler. In the previous episode of The Feline Dilemma, we became familiar with the feral cat, where the feral cat originates, and what exactly it is that the feral cat does. Towards the end of the episode, you learned that the feral cats and the outdoor pet cats in the United States collectively kill between 1.4 billion to 3.7 billion birds each year. Now, it's important to note that some individuals may argue that this is the circle of life. This is a live-action illustration of nature working itself out, and while this may be true if our predator was a native mountain lion or a bobcat, it is unfortunately false in the case of feral cats. This is because, as we have briefly discussed already, feral cats are still domesticated animals, even if they have never experienced contact with or relied on human beings. A scholarly article by Rosemary Honan titled, Occupancy of the Invasive Feral Cat Varies with Habitat Complexity, actually describes the feral cat as quote, an adaptable predator and an invasive species that is a threat to biodiversity on a global scale. The primary concern pertaining to feral cat predation is the feral cat's invasive status. Aside from their predation though, I think that it is equally important to look at the feral cat itself, and the life that it leads outdoors. The president of the New York State Humane Association released a message to her readers through the organization's website stating that, quote, in my experience, the vast majority of stray cats, including those who live in feral cat colonies where feeders provide food, have marginal lives at best. For a few months or even years, some may manage to exist reasonably well by hunting or on handouts from humans. Sooner or later, though, if they are not killed outright, they become ill or injured, often severely so. Then, lacking the veterinary attention own companion animals would receive, they experience horrible suffering and misery. The colony which I work with in Smartsville, California, certainly reflects this sentiment. Annually, each summer, a stroll down the neighborhood would mean coming eye-to-eye with dying, disease-ridden, mangled cats, many of which were missing eyes, tails, or even limbs. It was always particularly difficult to observe the young kittens, which would most often be present and visible, in late April to early September, a period of time sometimes referred to as kitten season. So, what would be classified as worse? The overwhelming devastation of wildlife, biodiversity, or the unimaginable suffering of the cats themselves? The truth is that you really don't have to choose because both are unfortunate realities and both exist as massive issues globally. You can continue to learn more about this issue in the next episode of The Feline Dilemma, in which we will discuss the ethics and issues pertaining to the different variety of feral cat management, rehabilitation, and eradication efforts, as well as my own personal experiences and pursuits.